you're listening to a message from Kaleo Phoenix, a church plant in downtown Phoenix that creates space for people to practice the ways of Jesus together. Good evening. My name is Erin Dooley. My pronouns are she and her. And I'd like to once again begin our time with the land acknowledgement to honor the native people that have existed here before us. This land that we dwell upon today, Grace Lutheran Church in downtown Phoenix, is the ancestral land of the Tejano O'odham Nation. We acknowledge their historical roots in this place, the many generations who are stewards of this land before it was stolen from them. In John 15, Jesus tells his disciples about the work of the Holy Spirit. In verse 26, it says, when the Holy Spirit comes, Jesus says, whom I will send to you from the creator, the spirit of truth who goes out from the creator, he will testify about me. And you also must testify for you have been with me from the beginning. Chapter 16 in John, verse one, all this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think that they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the creator or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me. But none of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the creator where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Our liturgical passage comes from John 16, verses 12 through 15, and it says this, then Jesus says, I have much more to say to you, but so much more than you can now bear. For when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the creator is mine. That is why I said the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Let's pray. Triune God, creator, spirit, would you help us understand the mysteries and wonder of who you are? Help us rest in not knowing everything and be okay with not having all the answers. But also help us to understand the ways of Jesus more and more that we might practice them as the multi-ethnic family of God. Amen. Imagine this. We are in the upper room. It is a cool spring night and there's a chill in the air. The room is lit by flickering lamps. It's getting late and we feel a bit tired. 
Judas left about an hour ago. We don't know why he left, but with his departure, the mood in the room has changed. Since Judas left, Jesus has begun to talk more. He has been speaking very seriously and very deeply about several things, like a helper coming whom he calls the spirit of truth and a sorrow that is coming which will be turned into joy. The things that Jesus said you cannot fully understand or comprehend, but if it was 2022, maybe Jesus would have said something like this. There's a time coming when they will tell you that you are not a true believer. And there will be some who think that killing you is a service to me. Some who will use violence to correct your ways because they cannot see a difference between white supremacy and my ways, the ways of Jesus. They will sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty right before they participate in an insurrection that through its violence kills an officer and a civilian. And they will pray a prayer at the house chambers before physically hunting political leaders. They will marry faith and oppression, faith and domination, faith and excommunication. And they will not be able to tell the difference between love for country and love for God. When this happens, remember that I warned you about them. I know that you are filled with grief because of these things, but it is for your good that I am going away. I will send the spirit of truth in my stead and spirit will work in you to shake the foundations of systemic injustice in your world. I have so many more deep, heavy things to share with you, more than you can bear right now. But when the Holy Spirit comes, Spirit will show you the way and create a pathway to peace, shalom, and liberation. The Spirit will be in and with you, among you, and will be just as powerful as if I was here physically with you. Do not fear. I am with you always. These words of transcendent truth come rushing out of Jesus as he tries to pack each moment of his final meeting with his disciples before his death with meaning. The truth is, we are a Trinitarian people with Trinitarian lives. We live, move, and have our being in blessed Trinity. Mike Marsh says this, try to define love or explain to your spouse why you love them. You would make a list, count the ways you are pretty, smart, funny, we have a lot in common, we enjoy the same things, you're fun to be with, you're a good cook, you have a good job, you're a good provider, I'm attracted to you, you make me happy. And the list begins to sound a bit shallow, superficial. And you know at a deep level that this list does not even begin to reflect your love. How can words ever describe or capture the beauty and mystery of two lives shared, given, and received? How do you talk about giving yourself to another so completely that you live within the other, not losing yourself but finding your true and complete self? Words fail. Some things like love cannot really be talked about. 
They can only ever be experienced. So how can words ever describe or capture the beauty and mystery of three lives shared, given, and received in the Trinity? How do you talk about three persons giving themselves to each other so completely that they live within one another, not losing themselves, but finding their true and complete self? Words fail. Some things like the Trinity cannot really be talked about. They can only ever be experienced. The experience of and participation in Trinitarian love is where the gospel is taking us today. Jesus said in verse 12 of chapter 16, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear. The Spirit enables us to bear difficulty because the Spirit is God and God is in us. John 14, 16 through 17 says, Jesus said to his disciples that when he goes to the creator, he will send to them the Holy Spirit of truth who will be with them and in them as a continuous presence of God. And Chris reminded us last week that the movement of the spirit initiates a new world order that shakes the foundations of anything that wrongfully claims the divine. The Holy Spirit shakes the foundations of gun rights protected in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit shakes the foundation of white supremacy. The Holy Spirit shakes the foundation of those holding rent over people's heads, those battling for bills that care for the unborn but overlook the protection of women and the lived future of the unborn. The Holy Spirit shakes the foundation of wealth hoarding and scarcity mindset. The Holy Spirit shakes the foundation of violence against black indigenous people of color. The Holy Spirit shakes the foundation of violence against our LGBTQ neighbors. The Holy Spirit shakes the foundation of anything and everything that claims your power for their gain and comfort. The Spirit makes the unbearable things of this world bearable because the Spirit knows that what is unbearable will not always be. And it is the Holy Spirit that invites us to join in in the shaking of the foundation to make the world what it was always supposed to be from the beginning with the creator, with Jesus, and with the spirit. I've been learning a lot about mental health, mindfulness, emotions, and how my faith intersects with all of that. And I'm reminded of what Dr. Shanika Walker-Barnes says in her book, I Bring the Voices of My People. And she reminds us through the novel, The Color Purple, that cursing the oppressor starts the process of healing and liberation between you being oppressed and the one oppressing you. She reminds us that not allowing abusers to be comfortable with abusing us begins the process of healing and liberation between those being abused and those doing the abusing. It is from Dr. Barnes that I have learned the power of naming something. Giving abuse and oppression a name turns the intangible tangible. Naming abuse or oppression removes yourself from underneath its weight and gives you the ability to see yourself apart from it instead of your identity and value being connected to it. And on this journey of living at the intersection of mental health and faith, I'm thankful for one of my friends here at Kaleo, Yvette, she doesn't know I was going to say her name, 
She introduced me to Brene Brown's latest work, um, Atlas of the Heart. And it's not only an insightful book, but it also has about six episodes on HBO Max. I'm always giving you shows on HBO Max, so you should have like a long list now. But some of the helpful things that I've learned thus far is that emotions have ingredients. The first ingredient is what your body is feeling. The second ingredient is what you call it, which shapes the way you experience the emotion. So if you're feeling stress, but you name it as being overwhelmed, you turn your stress into overwhelm. If you're feeling dread, but you call it worry, you will turn your dread into worry. If you're feeling betrayed, but you call it loneliness, you will turn the feeling of betrayal into loneliness. If you are feeling abused, but you call it a misunderstanding, you will psychologically turn your abuse into a simple misunderstanding. If you are feeling oppressed, but you call it love, you will turn your oppression psychologically into a form of love. The reason why you must be able to name the correct emotions with the correct name is because if you misname it, you can have one emotion shift into the next. So as we experience many emotions concerning the things that are unbearable in the world, like Donald told us earlier, the mass shootings, gun violence, racism, environmental injustice, political disempowerment, a warped criminal justice system, inadequate housing, inadequate health care, exclusion, displacement, gentrification, may we learn to name our emotions, to be mindful of our God-given bodies, to be mindful of our God-given emotions, and to remember the Holy Spirit is within and among us. For Jesus promised to be with us, to give us the Holy Spirit as a reminder that he never leaves us or forsakes us. I want to invite the band to come up. And as they do that, I'd like to lead us into a mindfulness practice because that's what this sermon calls for, so why not? So how about you sit back in your pew, not chair, but pew, get comfortable, and take a few deep breaths. You can close your eyes if you feel comfortable. And as you take a deep breath, notice your toes, the pressure you feel on your butt and your back as you sit in your chair. Notice where your hands are resting and just breathe deep. And as you breathe, remember that your breath comes from our creator and that he loves you and he is with you. Now imagine that the Holy Spirit that Jesus spoke about in our passage tonight is working in and among us to shake the foundations of systemic injustice. Imagine what it is like to wake up. You open your eyes and you feel that same feeling you've been feeling lately as you come face to face with the everyday. Feel the concerns that you have for yourself and your family. 
the neighbors around you, your children, your friends, the hardships and inequalities that make life so difficult. Take a moment and imagine and feel what that feeling feels like. Take another deep breath. And now imagine the Holy Spirit working in and among you and your community to shake the foundations of systemic injustice in your world. And begin to imagine a world where those hardships are no longer. Where those difficulties no longer exist. Imagine the solutions to the problems that you feel every day. And sit for a moment in that hope that is rising as you imagine this. Sit in the feeling of joy, celebration, hope, and peace. And remember again the spirit working in and among us. Creator Jesus, spirit, would you help us remember that though we may have many problems in our communities, the solutions are also within our communities. Help us remember that the good news, the gospel, which Jesus proclaims has implications for all areas of our life. That Jesus, you care about all areas of our life. And that as Jesus followers, we will not pray for something that we are unwilling to help resolve. That by your spirit, our faith is lived out in action and in deed. Help us to remember that we are a Trinitarian people made in your likeness and that you use us to answer prayers that we might experience a community rooted in love, peace, and shalom. Amen. For more resources or information about Kaleo, please visit our website at kaleophx.com or follow us on social media. If this episode has been helpful to you, let us know or share it with someone you know.